0: And you're listening to White Lion Fever, where rock and roll is still alive like it always has been, and it always will be.
1: Welcome to White Line Fever. Um, new episode, my name is Desk, and a native fighter. well, the strings, um, we're about, uh, much about. And I, I, you know, I just, I just wonder, like, growing up and now living in, um... In, in Switzerland, what are some of the big cultural differences that you have to uh, encounter every day? And, uh, you know, I'm sure it has, um, it's, we. I guess we can hear some of them in, in, in you know, your, your uh, previous band, Maida, and, and your current band. They sound different, and, and that might reflect some cultural differences or at least musical differences as well. But what are, I mean, are, are people in Switzerland uh, more reserved? Uh, are there things that, uh, are there parts of your behaviour you have to change when, when you go from one country to the to the next, what what are some of the differences?
2: I think I mean I, I as you said I grew up between both countries, so I was kind of always a new kid in school, having to learn that you know because when you're a kid you, you you learn a new language and then you forget the old one, right? And then mm. you have got to relearn the old one again when you move back again. Because we I really grew up kind of doing you know. Two three years in Australia, then again two three years in Switzerland, and then back again. You know, so it, it, constantly kind of moving around, and and so so the, the cultural differences for me weren't that huge, really. But um, but I, I suppose what, I mean one of the, one of the huge differences, particularly in, in Switzerland, is that uh, I mean there are four languages here. I mean, mm. if you imagine uh, you imagine um, Switzerland's, you know, about the. Well, about the size of Tasmania, let's say, Mm -hmm. maybe I think even a little bit smaller, and uh, we've got uh, you know four four different languages just in that small space, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you literally drive from one town to the next, and you speak in French, or I mean, I grew up in the French-speaking side, so I'm fluent in French, but but I live actually in the German side now, in the in the Swiss German side. So the the German speaking side of Switzerland, and and uh, it's uh, yeah I, I, I don't speak the language. You know? Yeah, yeah. I have to. So I'm, I've I've been taking German lessons, and I'm trying to learn. But it's I tell you, it's a, it's a bloody hard language to learn. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, but um, you know, my, my I live with my girlfriend, and she's uh, she's Swiss German, so she's helping me a bit there as well, and uh, trying to you know. Uh, but I I. I, I sort of been living here for a couple of years and uh, in in the in the german part and uh, it's, uh, it's it'll take me a while so i think the languages are a big a big part and, be- and before that i was li- living for a few years in the italian speaking side of switzerland so mm. um, yeah it's just kind of and they're all very different from 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 you know one place to the next i think you know it's funny in australia you you, you know if you, you're in melbourne or something and you you fly up you know, fly up to Queensland or something, which is, you know, a lot of kilometres, mm. you know, you're talking what, you know, uh, and then you get off the plane and it's, uh, you yeah, know, you kind of get the, g'day, mate, How you go. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so we're, <laughs> we're yeah, it's, it's, it's a really big difference there and, and probably, uh, I'd say, yeah, people are maybe a little bit more, more reserved, I'd say, here. Yeah. Yeah. um but uh, yeah it's it's uh, actually there are a lot of australians in switzerland I, I i i live in zurich and apparently there's there's quite a big community of australians here which uh, some some friends of mine were telling me so uh, yeah it's interesting
1: <laughs> um and and i guess got out of like a, a powderfinger level band domestically would that be a fair like you know mainstream rock from a sim- similar era
2: um, yeah, yeah well I mean the, the yeah yeah the the Gotthard's been I mean that it's band I mean I've been in the band for, for nine going on we yeah, soon ten years and uh, I mean they were they were already sort of had you know 20 years behind them already before I joined and so they they they've always been they're sort of the the, the biggest, I mean, it's it's main they are remain you know it's a mainstream band in, in Switzerland yeah um, and uh, it's probably the biggest the biggest rock band in the country you know, yeah so, and, and has been for a very very long time
1: and you wouldn't normally draw a connection between Powderfinger and ACDC so as an as an overseas observer we would say that you're kind of in Crocus's legacy or Crocus's kind of lineage but I guess yeah. domestically is, is is does the domestic crowd make that connection is is rock like you know smelly black t-shirted rock big in switzerland or 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 do you kind of sit apart from that because you've been mainstream for so long so you're not really your fortunes aren't connected to rock's fortunes per se same as cold chisel for instance confeller stadium in australia whether rock is big or not is it you know how what's that connection you know what i mean
2: yeah but i mean it's it's kind of similar i mean it's uh I mean, even though we are considered mainstream, but the, the main reason why I would say that we're considered mainstream here in Switzerland is because, I mean, you know, we, we're in the newspapers, we're in the magazines, we're on TV, we're you know, th- th- this sort of stuff. Uh, uh, so mainstream in that in, in that sense. But but actually, musically, honestly, uh, rock is not big on radio. So radio in general, uh, I think that's kind of around the world, really. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, rock is not a, a you know, it's not it's not mainstream in in terms of radio. But uh, but in terms of everything else, I would say yeah, we are. But it, it's 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 really interesting. But because the the, the rock scene doesn't kind of need
1: uh, no, not anymore the big
2: mainstream radios, you know. Because I mean you, you can I mean all the all the rock bands are filling our stadiums. All the you know the mm-hmm. big guys that are out they're still doing it and still and and i mean have you you, you know I, I don't know when's the last time i, I even heard a, a guns and roses song on the rat on the radio you know even here and, and mm. i mean there's, there's selling out stadiums you know you've got Rumpstein and all this stuff. you know a lot of a lot of i mean there's a huge I mean, in europe there's such a huge uh movement still going you know rock is still you know really alive and i mean there's so many festivals all throughout europe and they're all they're all rock festivals I mean You know Most of them are all rock You know And mm. and big Like you know Big stuff So yeah. so it's all It's all very well alive It's just Maybe not on your You know uh, Typical commercial Big radio stations You know
1: Are Crocus revered in, in Switzerland Like we imagine From the outside They would be Or not
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, Absolutely. I mean, it's a complete, uh, we're we're really good buddies with them, with those guys as well. And and they're, uh, yeah, they're they're, uh, definitely, they're they're part of the, you know, the legends of of Switzerland.
1: I think they gave me tinnitus on the Monsters of Rock about five years ago, the Monsters of Rock cruise. Let's have another, let's have another song.
2: (laughs) All right, let's go for a song. Let's go for another last time.
1: Welcome back to the show, and uh, I think we've been dancing around this band for about three or four years trying to get someone uh, on the show, and it's pretty much been my fault that we never got around to it. But finally, from Burnout Wreck, we've got Gary Mote. you, Gary.
3: Hi, how are
1: you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Mate, um, I guess, um, you know, strange times, uh, but I, I just had a look at uh, your uh, Facebook page, and, and you do have some, some gigs now booked. um. Can you tell us a little bit about the band's journey over the last sort of four months? What's it been like?
3: Um, Well, at the beginning of the year, we managed to get three gigs in up until we get closed down in March, second week of March, obviously, over here it was. Um, And we played a couple of gigs up in Scotland in February and they were fantastic, like, you know, and, uh, we had a great time Uh, at the time our lead guitarist Adrian left two days before we traveled up to Scotland because we live in England like Mm. and he quit the band uh, for I don't know reasons only known to himself you know Mm. Uh, sort of dropped us in it really and we but other guitarist Miles just stepped up and said right great I'll play lead uh, we'd never heard them playing leap before
4: because
3: <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, and and we just went and uh the audience loved it and nobody even said, Where's the other guy? you know, so mm. we thought, well, fair enough <laughs> you know, so we just cracked on and we and we thought everything was going good until obviously we ch- closed down, as I say, and so Since then, we've just spoken on the phone a few times, and uh, everybody's just waiting to see what what happens here, you know, and when we can get back out live, if at all. Mm. Uh, And you know, the way things are going, I don't see anything happening until twenty twenty two. Personally, myself, really well. I know we've got gigs booked, and everybody's hoping that something may happen. But I suppose they've got to, they've got to. Half the venues booked just in case it happens? I don't think so, and and the bands booked up. So um, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one the world over. Obviously, everybody's the music industry's screwed, you know.
1: Yeah, mate. Um, obviously we can go back to the pub now. I'm in London, so we can go back to the pub now. Um, I just, and and live music. I guess someone standing in the corner with an acoustic guitar that probably isn't too far away. Um, what what do you think the big hurdles are for for actual gigs? Is it just making them profitable? Be, you know, fitting enough people in the room is that the big hurdle you see? Uh,
3: people in the room, I think you know. Mm. Uh, Whether people have got I know there's people going out there and doing crazy things, <laughs> you know, and, and taking to the streets and protests and stuff. But you know, I don't think that in general. Uh, people are going to have the confidence to get back in the room with everyone as yet you know and this things are still alive in the world and uh, it's not just the fans but it's the bands as well and the band's families you know just does everybody want people to go and do that you know and uh, feel safe with it you know so it's it's a, it's a big ask
1: yeah yeah i guess with the sort of music that we're into a lot of the guys in the bands are Again, and, and I'm not a uh, spring chicken myself, so it's an extra factor, isn't it? If it was a, like a, a dance act and everyone's nineteen, your your kind of thinking's yeah. a little bit different, isn't it? You know.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly, you know, I mean, that's, <laughs> I have the sense thought in my head, you know, I mean, the audience are old, we're old, you know? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you know, we're the people who think about it, you know, not as you say, not the young ones,
1: they don't give a monkeys, you know. <laughs> Mate, your um, new album, uh, This Is Hell, just came out at the end of last year, what's it done to the band as a business, you know, like obviously, I know you don't earn a lot of money from CD sales or streaming or anything, but... The band as a business must be just gone i mean you know you know like, like what what's it actually done to um what you would you know to to your promotion and 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 the functioning of the of the band you know well i mean luckily you know i've
3: got um, my wife and manager claire um, and judith fisher uh, pr and they're constantly hot on the case and mm. Social media, really, you know, so they keep promoting it. Um, I mean, I'm doing an interview now with yourself, and uh, (laughs) I've done, I think, I think I've done about four this week,
2: you know.
3: You know, the the album sales is going well Um, at the moment. I can tell you that um, it seems to be South America that's (laughs) buying the album at the moment. Wow. Uh, You know, um, uh, which is a new territory, really, and we've been doing some promotional work there. Um, So it it, it's it's kept going but obviously if we were out playing live and there was more happening it, it would be obviously bigger and better but uh, you know i'm not grumbling i'm not complaining because during what's going on in the world you know we're taking over nicely like you know um, as a as a band for the album this is hell
1: and uh, yeah and mate before I, we go to our first song adrian since this happened there's been no communication he hasn't asked to come back
3: no he decided to leave um mm. and there's no there's no turning back from it you know mm. um it's just that's the way it is uh we have another man waiting in the wings uh from when we come back um he was supposed to play with us back in may uh, we were supposed to be supporting the treatment and uneating and the Queen's home and that was going to be his audition kind of gig and that got blown out of the wall. so he sat there going ah pulling his hair out you know can you give us a name no not yet no
1: (laughs) okay if you can't give us a name give us a song what can we play
3: oh well downtown and blues then yes You're listening to Bite
1: Line Fever. Okay, welcome back to the program and especially a big welcome to our guest, Chuck Billy from Testament. How are you, Chuck? Great,
5: man. Thanks for having me. How are you doing?
1: No, I'm good. I'm good. Um, Now, you're doing a lot of press at the moment and I I don't think people need to uh, think too carefully to figure out what you're getting asked about in every single interview, because uh, you, you did have coronavirus and you have recovered from it. What? How do you feel about talking about it? Does it bring back bad memories? Do you feel like no. you're sort of doing a the community a favor by warning about the dangers? How, what's? How do you feel about it?
4: Yeah, I mean,
5: uh, no, I mean, I like talking about it because there's so much unknown and there's a lot of not a lot of not of information out there for people. Um, you know, it's been around for longer than we've thought. It's not, you know, people I've talked to have been sick and go, wow, maybe I had that a few months ago when I was really sick for three weeks, you know? Hmm. Um, yeah, so I mean, I like talking about it just because uh, it is definitely serious because I see on the internet people like, oh, it's a hoax or is it real or, you know, this and that. And it's like uh, firsthand, yeah, it is real. It's it's no joke.
1: Yeah. And, you're in the bay I feel
5: for the older people because i was wiped out for two and a half weeks and i could imagine somebody who has health issues or an older person man i, I could see them like
1: having a hard time making it yeah yeah you're in the bay area i know you've spoken it may be in, about a week ago in some interviews you talked about the public weren't taking it very seriously do you feel the message is, is sort of getting through now well i mean i see on the news
5: you've been doing a little bit so we had to take extra measures. I know our governor had to shut sh- down yeah. to state parks and, and beaches because people weren't, especially the younger generation. They were just all at the beach, no social distancing. The beach park, parking, it's like even you know, like, "Come on, you guys are supposed to be
4: distancing, and isolating." Everybody's just run into the beaches and parks. Hmm. So, you know, people are doing the right
5: thing and, you know, they keep trying to warn people, but, you know, they just don't get it, especially if they're out doing the thing and if they bring it home to a family member that's got problems, you know, that's not good, so.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I noticed just doing a little bit of research before, you know, you and your wife were okay until you got back to the U.S., but, but Will Carroll's been doing some interviews and he says he... He had it over there, and he he knew he had it, and he said people were sick on their bus. W- were you aware that they they were all quite ill when you when no. you were on tour? No,
5: you know, because it was the last three days, I think he said of the tour. But no, we didn't. He didn't say he was sick, mm. um, or had it, or thought he had it. But you know, I think he should have said something. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean,
5: sorry. Know, I mean, you know, unfortunately, you know, I don't think it was cool. I mean, he could have got stuck in Europe for a long time and with his problems, he could have been on a ventilator
4: mm. yeah,
5: he But, you know, again, you know, him thinking he was ill just to get on that plane and just spread it himself if he was contagious, you know, that's kind of, a little wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, have you spoken to those guys since? Uh, obviously, he's been in a really bad We're way, te- hasn't he? Text. Just text. we text each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, can you just, just another thing I wanted to ask you. This is a big question, I think, Chuck. Do you think you are now immune because you've had the disease once or not?
5: I don't know that. I mean, they, uh, they're assuming that and I keep watching doctors talk about it. They, they, as of now, they think that possibly that's the case. Yeah. Um, we'll have to, we have to wait and see. I mean, I don't think they have any cases yet, you know, but I think everybody's going to really get relaxed and get back to normal. But once they figure out, and I know they're coming up with a test that's going to test people to where it'll tell you if you're had, it, like in the past, if you've had the sickness and hmm. you beat it, which you might be immune, hmm. or if you've never had the illness and all those bad flus that you thought might have been it, really wasn't. And hmm. those are the people that gotta be cautious, you know, and wear the more masks and be social distancing. So until we get to that point where people are confident that they don't have it and maybe they're immune, they kind of get back to normal, you know, go back to work and do normal things again
1: yeah we'll, we'll move on from your health uh after this one more question and we'll have a song as well after this but do you you would have gone over this in your mind a few times do you have an idea of where you caught it who you caught it off what the circumstances were do you remember a certain incident well, or a certain
5: i i don't but i mean You know, I mean, being the band, we're amongst ourselves, the three bands. We really didn't, like, walk through the crowds or nothing. Mm. So we're isolated ourselves. So, I mean, if Will did get sick, maybe it was that last hug on stage, that last show uh, when Will was around us all. I don't know if they were saying he was, if he thought he was really ill at that point. Mm.
4: Mm. Um,
5: Because we we didn't have a lot of public, uh, you know, interaction with each other it was mostly just all three bands and crews yeah yeah so we don't know i mean we could have been that last night um or it could have been at the airport because some of the people on the band and bus didn't get sick mm. you know who slept in the same areas with us and were really close to us so maybe we got it at the airport that last night you know mm. maybe we got it on the plane coming home i mean we just don't know we just you know it's we don't know
1: yeah Okay, let's but we have do a song. We all,
5: we all came down around the same time. I think if Will was sick first. Those were they were sick first. Maybe they must have gave it to us. I don't know. But hmm. the rest of our band and crew started feeling it like a day after we got home.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Okay, let's have a song. Let's uh, cheer up. <laughs> have a song. Uh, what song? What song can we play, Chuck?
5: Well, I think a brand new one off the album, which is appropriate, would be "Symptoms."
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> to White Line fever second part of our interview with uh, Dylan Villain from The Wild and um you know, just uh, you, you just played uh, on the previous episode actually uh, nothing good comes easy and it was you know it's done with uh, Keith Nelson from uh, from from Buckcherry and uh, I, I just wanted like you know your relationship with Keith um, you know pretty I was pretty surprised when he was no longer in the band uh, can you tell us a little bit about yeah, you know, that relationship and how, how the song came together and what the inspiration was. I know you're a big fan of Power Age, the um, ACDC album, and there's certainly some... I actually went through Power Age and tried to figure out which song on Power Age that's your song is most like. Uh, but uh, can you tell us a bit about the song? Yeah, um,
0: Keith and I first met, I'm um, to say 2014. Um, <clears throat> Buck Cherry... Or the original lineup of Buckcherry, I should say, uh they were uh, really, really great for us. Um, really, really great for us in our early years. Um, and they um they took a liking to us and brought us on the road in Canada and in America and things like that. And and Keith and I just always really got along, you know. He uh I like to think of him as like an older, more sober version of myself. <laughs> Um, but he's like he's like a big brother that way and he's always you know looking out for me and I was uh I got home from Europe and I flew directly I landed in Canada I think I was home for a day and I flew um from Canada from the west coast here in Canada to LA and uh I landed and you know Keith and I got together and uh we had plans to just you know get in the studio and just see what could happen see what we were doing hadn't seen each other in a while and when i was when we were coming into the studio that day i remember um he said to me he goes so how you doing man you know you've you've been really busy how are you feeling and i just kind of looked at him and i just said nothing good comes easy you know and uh we went in the studio and we started writing in and messing around on some other ideas and nothing was really clicking that great for us and I just said to him, I said, "Hey, what did I say to you when I came in? When we were walking in the door?" And he just looked at me and he kind of gave me this look. And he said, "Nothing good comes easy." And we both had this moment, I think, where we knew, "Okay, well, that's going to be the tag, uh, the tagline, and the catchphrase of this song." And we started writing it, and it came together really quickly. And about, you know, I, it's kind of interesting. I I kind of put that song on the back burner when I was writing the record for a while. I don't want to say I forgot about it, but I kind of forgot. That it all the potential that it had, and it wasn't until I got it in the room with, with my guys here in, in the wild that we played it once through ourselves, and we knew right away that it was going on the record. Mm. And um, I just think it's a really cool song because it's such a blue-collar working class saying, you know, like there's all those off-the-cuff things that people, everyday people say, like it is what it is, nothing good comes easy. And those are the just, just kind of guys that we are, we've been raised to be, is just work hard, put your nose to the grindstone and dig deep and get it done. So that's kind of, you know, that's the, the story behind that one.
1: Did you find when you uh, toured internationally that the um, the audiences responded to different songs and, than in Canada?
0: Yeah, you know, I've always been really big on that, especially in Europe. Um, you know, I feel that if you're a, a band that's, you know, sort of getting their legs or getting momentum, it's really important to pay attention to what's working beyond what you think is cool you know Mm -hmm. like you got to stay true to yourself and do whatever you you want as an artist and and as you know a rock and roller and or a punk rocker or a blues player or whatever you are it's really important to be you know true to yourself but if you're you're making you're making music and you've got you know a, a few different lanes that you're sort of running in on an album or as a band where you know we kind of do this sort of sound and we kind of do that sort of sound. We've got elements of this, we've got elements of that. I think it's important to really pay attention to what's really working for your audience, what's working for your fan base, because they're all extensions of you. All those those sides of, of that music is, is you know different pieces of you. So it's not as if you're catering um in the sense of selling out or anything it's just i think it's really important to pay attention to what your audience is reacting to the most in a live show and uh and really figure that out and run with it and especially in Europe you know rock and roll is still such a it's not it's not fallen by the wayside as, as it has in ways in North America so when we started going over there for our first time in uh 2016 with Airborne um you know we we really we really got hip to it and got right engulfed in the whole culture right away and you know we've been going back three four times every year ever since and you know we're very lucky to be able to be doing that because we've been uh you know we've been introduced to a great rock audience that really loves its rock and roll and we love giving it to them
1: okay that's a great segue uh give us a song maybe a song you think's going to go down really well in europe
0: <laughs> yeah king of this this is king of this town by the Wild. <laughs> we <laughs>
1: the final part of an interview with Cameron McKenzie from Horsehead uh, a band that uh, I saw at Springfield many times staggering out of there and in, into the sunlight on a Sunday morning um, and uh, I just wondered we've been talking about obviously the reformation in the first part of the interview and in the second part we talked about um, the, the career arc of the band I, I guess the third thing would be to talk about why you broke up um, you know was it was it about changes in the music industry like as to what people were listening to or was it about personalities or was it about legal and financial what, what was what, what would you put it down to mostly
6: oh, I think we just ran our course um, on, on an artistic level we were very true to to, to as we said in, um, earlier on in these podcasts um, that we were we were very true to our art and and um we only really followed our own hearts on that, and we made we did a lot of recording. We made a lot of songs and uh, and made a lot of recordings, wrote a lot of songs, and we didn't really ever get to a point where we were going to have um, massive notoriety. It just the universe didn't want to turn us into kind of a world dominating act. So mm. financially. It's not like there's money there holding you. It's not like you're mm. you too and decide to break up
1: for <laughs> yeah, reasons, you know. Yeah, and yeah. Just,
6: it's just a run at court. Mm. And you go, okay, I'm, I'm tired. I've got nothing else to give it. Yeah. And our final record, Goodbye Mother's um,
4: was was an all-in. It was all-in emotionally mm. and physically and intellectually.
6: And uh, you go, well, if that can't fly, then maybe we've just got to move on and do something else. So mm. um, that's what we did. Mm. Yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, yeah, so we just, Mick Valance one day said, oh, that was my last gig, and I went, good call.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, what do you think the band, do if, if you ever think, like, where you would have gone creatively um, had you stayed together? And that leads me into the, the other very obvious question that everyone is asking, I'm sure, is as to uh, the question about new material.
6: Yeah, look, I think we really—I don't—I I don't, I don't um, shy away from the fact that creatively we left no stone unturned. I mean, you listen from the start to the end of our material; it's like it's like we go to a lot of places, mm. and um, you kind of—I um, think we would have—I I, I don't think that we would have gone to some you know new fascinating place. It would have just kind of. Weaved along and kind of done its thing, and you know, you know, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, I, I think we, we said everything we were going to say. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think that from the point of view of, uh, new material, I, that still stands to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be, it would be, it'd probably be fun to, to, to write some new songs and stuff, but I don't know. I don't know that there'd be a great amount of point in it. Mm. Um, I don't know that we would do something that all of a sudden was more relevant. Mm. You know, or, 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 or I think we would just kind of sound like a, more horsehead songs.
1: <laughs> That's not them. a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs>
6: I love
1: that attitude. There are worse things. There are worse things. I guess a a similar band might be, from 10 years before you guys, a similar band might be The Poor, for instance, or uh, Kings of the Sun, or... um, You know, and 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 if they can... And and they obviously can't... They can't work full-time for those bands, but they can do weekend touring, um, although the Kings of the Sun have a problem as the two brothers don't get on. But... um, so there, there isn't a full-time job in it for you but there's probably a um, there's probably a future in it for you if you if you so desire you know what I mean yeah
6: there could be there could be um, but so desiring is really is really what we're talking about here yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, I, I, I Scott saw, Scott tours with screaming jet I tour with Mark Seymour and the undertow and various Musical things. It's not like without Horsehead we're not engaged in music. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, um, I suppose Nick's a bit different, Andy's a bit different, but he's got his own band as well. So we don't need Horsehead for our musical outlet. Mm. Mm. Um, and so the motivation for this Horsehead um, activity is really just about making sure that we don't sort of all of our material and our legacy doesn't kind of waft off into the ether and disappear. It's in one place, Yeah. and that's because we're very, we are very proud of it. There's some absolutely magnificent stuff there, Yep. and um, you know, I'd love for kids to be able to listen to it whenever you know.
1: Karen, thanks very much. No, for no, no,
6: You know, g- sorry. Sorry, so you, you, I was just going to say, you know, the younger generation. There's people, you know, my son, kind of him and his mates. They say this is fantastic, you know. So that's, mm-hmm. that's where that people. If there's still something to be to be uh, to be had for for other generations. I think. Yeah.
4: That's it.
1: Look, I could ask a thousand questions, but I'm not going to. Um, even though this is the last interview, we could technically talk all afternoon. But um, I want to thank you for your time. I'm certainly really excited that you're, um, that, that you're back in some way. Um, I'd love to see a show at some point. Um, and, uh, yeah, welcome, welcome back. And uh, keep reminding us about your legacy. Don't just uh, remind us once. Um, let's have another song. Oh,
6: that's Well, thanks very much for having me. Um, It's been great to chat, and yes, I'll try and keep reminding you. (laughs) Um, And uh, why don't we we go out with the one song that uh, Triple J actually did play from Horsehead, and that is Chief Elterworth. Going to turn around the corner way down yonder (laughs) But I'm not even going to try to rhyme anymore (laughs) Michael Monroe here for White Line Fever You get a chance, come and check us out live We're going to rock your socks off and whatever, rock like
4: fuck, that's what I say, okay? (laughs) Come on down and rock on